You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Your Dose of Death podcast. As always, I'm Lauren, joined by my esteemed co-host, Mike, uh, better known to the world as Kings Road Wrestling. Just want to apologize, everyone. We just kind of had a bit of a snag in the recording schedule where I was out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday and Mike was busy. We just kind of didn't get it out to you guys at the time, but we hope it was worth the wait, especially with our guests who we have on today. Um for this episode, we're going to be highlighting an article that's going to be coming out for PWI. That is, uh, we are with the person who wrote that wonderful article, um, none other than wrestling writer herself, photographer as well, Tamaya Greenlee. Um, welcome to the show. And um, first of all, fantastic article. And we'll get into it a little bit later. Thank but th- you. A fantastic article. And especially on a platform like PWI that is very, in a sense of broad wrestling, it's like yes. wrestling for a beginner standpoint, putting in a deathmatch article is a big step in the right direction. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. It's so exciting. I do not know how long I've been pestering Kevin to uh, let me write a deathmatch article because when I talk to um, publications, like I, I, I want to write deathmatch. Um, and so when he contacted me about if I wanted to write that story, I was so excited and I hope he knows that I will never leave him alone. Um, for those of you that are, um, curious, um, so when this comes out, it'll be the day after this new issue of PWI comes out. So this will be out December 5th, I want to say. So the article will be in the digital issue <coughs> on the seventh. Oh, okay. So this is kind of a technically this is kind of a sneak peek. Kind it of. is because I don't even know if they're going to post like a preview. Okay. For the issue, so I've been keeping it like very poorly secret. <laughs> um. So this is like the breaking. Um. And, and for those of you that don't know Tamaya's work as well as I said, she's a photographer. Um, during the PWA 500 release, mm-hmm. basically every deathmatch wrestler's photo you saw, basically almost no, almost, I only had almost. I only had three, three. It seemed like a lot more than three. I only had three. I only had uh, a, Casey, Eric Ryan, and Mickey Knuckles. A good amount of photos of deathmatch wrestlers were her photos. So you were at the the Newark show when Casey won. No, I wish I was not there. Um, the picture that they used was from one of the IWA, was it from Queen? Possibly? Maybe Dutch. It was from Red Shoes. Looks like it was from Red Shoes. Which shout out Red Shoes, by the way. Great Oh, for the article. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought you were talking about the PWI. Yeah, for the actual article, Red Shoes did most, if not all, of the photos. I can't remember off the top of my head. Looks like it is okay. Red Shoes, from what I've seen. Yeah, that's here. like his favorite wrestler. Well, also, yeah. um, the Australian photos, those are Jake Hurdle. 
Okay. Which shout out to Jake Gurdle. Yeah. He's a good friend of the yeah, show as well. Oh, cool. Tamar, you're like everything. You're like everything that I want to be in wrestling. Like you are an actual writer, and I just do stupid little blurbs on my Instagram. Like I kind of write. Still a writer. And like, and then like That's you do writing. like legitimate photography, and I just like kind of do for I do a little, little, little <laughs> video clips here. No, so, I wouldn't I call like it legitimate it. photography from from me. Like there are real photographers, <laughs> and then. I'm oh, come on they look great thank you and you, you wrote a killer article and yeah like I want to echo what Lauren said um I mean I've been reading TWI since I was like six or seven like years like to, over 20 years um and it's like definitely like more of a mainstream um piece of uh you know news and it's just so it's so cool to see like something like not only deathmatch but like niche deathmatch like and I just want to say like kind of looking through it as well there's some really great tidbits about Casey but also about other wrestlers as well I mean mm-hmm. first of all um, we kind of talked a, l- a little bit about it off air but um, what made you want to write this article um, so I guess basically my goal for this year and moving on is I write about wrestling but there's so many great wrestling writers and not a lot of people for some reason focusing on deathmatch that for one I want I wanted to focus on deathmatch wrestling and write something good um and I would say valuable um with that um, how I got to Casey in particular, um, the original story that was pitched to me was more about the changing face of Deathmatch and its fans. So looking at new fans who came to Deathmatch Wrestling through unique wrestlers. So it would be more like wrestlers who didn't quite fit the mold of what people think of when they think of Deathmatch wrestlers. Um, and I had a really... Uh, fun list Um, but it's one of those examples where 1500 words sounds like a lot um, until you start planning and you realize that's not a lot at all Um, and so between narrowing that down and then just who I was able to get in contact with um, in enough time I realized it's not going to be easy to do this um but talking about women in deathmatch was a subsection that I wanted that I realized you know could be a much larger thing because the Casey article was going to have a different layout where it was going to be her story as a framework but talking more generally about women in deathmatch and female fans in deathmatch just um how that change is happening, how people are gravitating toward it, specifically female people. Uh, But with Casey winning the title um, and just reading all kinds of things about how people were inspired by her. And so, you know, I guess excited that she is the face of one of the biggest deathmatch companies. Um, It felt right to focus on her because I I think she's absolutely incredible. Um, I've interviewed her before 
on <laughs> my, my poor neglected podcast. <laughs> um, and it was just such an insightful conversation um, that I knew that she would have something really, really good to say. Um, so yeah, that's a very long version of <laughs> I, I love it. And, um, just kind of skimming through again. I mean, from her first death match, four four tag, to of course that infamous uh, squared circle of oh. sacrifice match. Um, there's a lot there. There's a lot there for readers to get excited about. And mind you, that's a match that's very accessible these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. You can, you can find clips from that square. Mike, you know what I'm talking about, right? With Casey and Jimmy Lloyd. Oh, yeah. That is one of the most accessible death matches yeah. on the internet. They I actually got them so- kicked out of that building forever. Did that really? <laughs> yeah, it did. They lost the fire skate zone because of that. They didn't tell them that it was going to explode. Um, and at the finals of this year's POD, there was uh, Mickey Knuckles was in the in the finals, and they had the whole ring ex- uh, rigged with explosives, um, and it didn't go off. The remote didn't work, so they were trying oh, to recreate wow. the Jimmy and Casey. Uh, so oh. yeah, for sure, that's that's such um, an iconic moment. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy how yeah. iconic that is and how accessible. But I want to get into the sidebar you have about the one of Deathmatch. Yes. yes, I'm very excited about that. So, I, go ahead. I I was just going to say um, the way that it works I write things and I hope that Kevin likes it <laughs> like it's not micromanaged uh, like I, I'll give him the overall idea and he's like okay um, and I just kind of like take it wherever I think it should go and with the sidebar I was nervous because I really wanted to um, focus on female deathmatch wrestlers who don't get the space in a mainstream, you know, wrestling media platform like they should. Like, Randy West should have been all over. Randy, um, yes. Things like this. So, but that's not a name that I would expect to see. And that's ludicrous. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted it to be big, uh, legendary, um, and burgeoning names in deathmatch that aren't just like people you can see on GCW. Yeah. You know? Sure. Um, just like For people sure. you can see all over. Like, I like all the names you have here. There's one I would add, though. Oh, yeah. Charlie Evans is one I would have added to this list. I actually... So, I did think of her. There were a couple names that I wanted to include, but one, my... um, All the space applied to me. I ran, like, very nearly over uh, anyway. So, because I wanted to include Dark Sheik, Sheik I wanted yes. to include, oh my gosh, there were... There's always yeah. more than you can possibly imagine, and that's something that you I want to check out. out. You should check out Jess Moss, too. Jess, um, yes. She's from my home promotion, H2O. Um, okay. She's Her band had a brand. good one. Yeah, she's a badass, too, but... um 
I love the direction that you went with uh, you know, just like picking up the top of the top names that everyone talks about. And I, I feel like I need to do a better job in like covering deathmatch of getting well, people's names out there who may, sometimes, you know, don't get all the flowers. So that's why I really like the list that you included people like Randy because Randy's, Randy's a murderer. Rebecca Randy's, Randy's awesome. Yeah, yeah Rebecca Payne. I really, really wanted Rebecca on there. I was so nervous that would get cut. Um, Rebecca's not a big name. Like, on, you don't see her a lot on Twitter. She doesn't have, do social media, no, really. She um, but, like, she's incredible. And, like, I, one of my biggest regrets, and I mean, I can still do this. Um, I just really want to make sure I do this right and have the right platform. I really wanted to write about her um, after her Queen of the Queen of the Deathmatch win, because that was such an emotional experience, um, mm -hmm. and just seeing her go through that, I I think that she is an icon. Like she does yeah. not get nearly the flowers that she should. Um, and, and it also seemed like having the last queen of the death match in there. Yeah. You know, you have to. Uh, uh, one I'm glad you add is Lufisto. Yes. One of my yeah. all time favorites. One of my all time Thanks. favorites. One of my, I was so drawn to her when I first started watching independent wrestling. I feel like a lot of people don't include her in the death match game. Well, because she did, did it so. Match, she did so long ago. That's why. Yeah, yeah she, but she but killed herself like, too for that shit. She was, she was <laughs> such a barrier breaking wrestler I mean, and just such a badass. She was the first one to do Cage of Death. She was the first yeah, one to do like Cage of Death. Like going through pains with Zan. Like, like no, no time. She put a lot of he put a lot of trust in Lufisto from what I remember hearing. Well, yeah, you kind of have to because dude, um, like I. I I've been to the arena when I was a kid and, and to indie shows in Jersey at that time. And it was like, it was cut. It was, it was bad. Like if you go on and, and uh, put on like an old CZW, you hear like the worst shit coming from the crowds. That must've been so difficult. Like, it's not like it is today where people call out the fans. Like they said some terrible stuff and I'm, I'm sure that she heard it all. So. No, she's definitely. I, a I will say I have a great Lufisto story. This was from, Cage of Survival Weekend. Mike, you were right next to me when this happened. It was Masha oh, Lufisto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And she grilled into this fan. And I'm like, you've heard this all, madam. I don't care. But you're still a badass for calling this fan out. Like, she <laughs> yeah, is a dude, trooper. The dude was like, the dude was like glass. we want blood. We, we want, want glass. Blood. Are you going to pay for it, huh? No, <laughs> she's just like, not for you, <laughs> asshole. She's like, not for you. And it was hilarious. <laughs> Lovely. My, I have a question about um, something you said earlier, which I wanted to touch back on. You said, mm -hmm. and I agree with this, that uh, Deathmatch is strong. A lot of new fans and um, new types of people, especially females to, to the scene. Why do you think that is? Like after researching, after writing this article, like what do you, what do you think? Why is this happening? Yeah, there are a, a couple things. One, um, there are more women on cards in prominent positions, um, which I think makes a big difference that we're seeing these big title matches 
um, and we're seeing more diversity in the women who are there. Um, I think the inclusive aspect uh, that since there's so much diversity in performers you'll find on a deathmatch card and the different types of deathmatch shows you'll see. So there's more crossover appeal. Um, but another really big one. So I spoke to um, another podcast host um, from the Wrestling Wind Down. I talked to Oh, Lola. Wrestling Wind Down, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she mentioned that she was a new Deathmatch fan. Um, and I wish this, I didn't have room for this in the article. So unfortunately it got cut. Um, but she was talking about her gateway was WrestleMania weekend. Um, and so having those bigger events where there's so much wrestling and it being a good opportunity to one, watch wrestling with people that you're comfortable with because I think it takes a certain kind of person to go out of their comfort zone and go to a deathmatch show. Um, and I think especially yeah. for women, yeah. um, it's not yeah. always the most, I've never, I, I think that um, deathmatch shows are the most welcoming shows I've been to, but from the outside looking, I, I can see how people would be intimidated by that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there are some douches sometimes, but you know, you're there. <laughs> occasionally. You're there. Um, but I think having all of those shows, having GCW have such great deathmatch shows, um, it's enough to pique people's curiosity and present them with opportunities to see things that they might not have gone out of their way to see otherwise. Um, GCW is a big one. I'm going to say this because like someone, one of the women you mentioned in the sidebar, who happens to be one of my favorite people in the entire world right now, Sawyer Rack, she has the biggest potential of crossover. So, do you remember Planet Death, her debut this year? Mm-hmm. A week later, she, she told me this. This is the first time she ever auctioned off gear. And she donated to Florida abortion clinics. She got $320. First time ever. Like, not only, like, she, her nickname is the Feminist Killjoy. Like, like the crossover for her is there. Yeah. New fans that maybe are like, oh, I don't know. They see a tall, badass, yeah. six foot two woman doing the coolest think- shit in the world. It's like, how can you not be appealed? Right. Her and Rena, I think that's like, part of the you... sorry. Rena. Like if you watch well. something like her and oh, Rena, how can you not like yeah. enjoy that? Again, like I think it's part of that um inclusivity. Um, but just the broader look at who is in Deathmatch that you do have women who appeal to someone who's looking for, you know, someone strong to look up for up to whether it's like physically or whether it's someone like Sawyer who can go out with her clothes hanger shirt and just have these really bold messages on a public platform like that. You know, I, I think things uh, like I that. I commend her. People look Thank up to her. This is just a wild, this is an insane conversation because I just keep thinking back to like growing up as a kid watching some of like old CZW and, and IWA and even like 
just the old stuff like the the fan base has come so far like it's really and we're we're talking about it with with someone who works for pwi which is wild because i feel like a couple years ago like they would have been like this shit's disgusting like we're not going to cover this like it's just wild to to me i um it seems like maybe it's coming around more to to mainstream fans i don't i don't know i I know like my page is like a freak show for people that just want to see like crazy stuff but I think it is becoming um, more mainstream. I think there's still a lot of pushback by people who don't have um, solid arguments against it. Um, But I think that it's a very tired argument to say that they are not talented people and Mm -hmm. that they're not doing some of the most compelling stuff on the indies. You know, I think it's really hard to hate deathmatch wrestlers. Yeah, it's like they can't wrestle. Deathmatch wrestlers can't wrestle. That's like one of the most outdated arguments in the world. Right. And then you see deathmatch wrestling, and you're like, wow, they can wrestle their asses off. Like Moxley said it best. Uh, He was talking about Takeda and Kasai Miyamoto in Japan. He said that these are the um, best technical wrestlers in the world. They can do a perfect German suplex or a bridge um but they just choose to do it on glass um which makes them even more wild uh so yeah that argument is like i i run like a content page for for deathmatch wrestling and so i get hundreds of comments every week and i I sometimes come through them and that's like the the number one comment is that that they can't wrestle and um number two which is like really annoying i don't really know how to argue against this uh, but they'll be like the crowd uh, size isn't big, and they're doing this for like fifty bucks. Like, and look how hurt they're getting. Um, but who has to argue yeah. against it? Because there are people Why who is it, yeah. um, have weapons that will, you know, snap their legs. I'm gonna say this, and if they yeah, if they sure. listen to this, they can come find me, bring their grievances to me. I don't care. We're doing callouts now. The worst comment I've ever heard was during Charlie Evans Sawyer Rock. I heard someone who paid for a ticket, filmed the match, blurted out, they're doing this for 150 bucks in Chipotle gift cards. So what if they want to do that for that? They wrestle better than you hiding behind your camera, ragging them while you're wasting your money. I'm just saying. It's just you know the thing about that though is why I don't bother with those arguments is that they are not good faith arguments. They have no substance like to that. them. It's just being a loud mouth. Like, it's just not. Like, like, and apparently I found this out the next day. Like, I was like, this was during the second city summer weekend. So, mind you, I'm this out, like, really? That's what you're pissing your money away on? Really? And you know, I'm at a point where I think the difference in, I I don't even know if it's necessarily the fan base, but viewers of Deathmatch Wrestling, if you watch it and you hate it, you don't see any value of it, you cannot. Agreed. 100% agreed. There are just so many layers to Death Wrestling. Oh my gosh, everyone else is frozen except for me. <laughs> no, we hear you. We hear you. No, I, think you I think you're good. <laughs> Give me one second, because now I'm nervous. 
No, you're good. Can hear you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but um, but there are so many layers to deathmatch wrestling, and so many parallels to other arts that if you watch this thing and all you can pick out is the crowd size or they're not they're not good wrestlers or you know etc you do not have a good eye or brain for analysis and i'm going to say you don't understand pro wrestling either yeah while like, you're watching this is wrestling it. too like yeah there are probably some other issues you have too that need to be like, uh, <laughs> there are just so many complexities that like if you don't get it i don't have time for you no. like i will explain yeah. it to anyone but if after that you're going with all this ignorant stuff like yeah no wants to deal with right. that. i mean yeah you you i don't want to put you on this spot here but like this came into my head and i don't even think i've ever asked lauren this either but like you what? obviously like you're very you sound very very highly educated and it's obviously in your name that you're involved in academia um so i'm assuming that you have a different job other than other than wrestling um do you tell people like at work that you are into deathmatch wrestling because i don't tell anybody and no one's ever found out and it's been like three years running now i just i never have mentioned it i'm like i i it's my passion but i'm a little bit like i don't know how to get to that i telling you know, professionals. <laughs> sometimes i will get to the deathmatch portion but like i always tell people about wrestling just because I'm a weirdo and I can't have a conversation without mentioning it. Um, I don't hide that I love deathmatch wrestling. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, how the conversation goes, but it's always really interesting because the people that I've, I've spoken to are people who aren't wrestling fans, who might know a little bit about it, who I wouldn't think were that interested but like have really interesting insight or um, connections to make. Like at my last job, I was um, just having small talk with our, the, I, I worked at a zoo and I was talking to our CEO um, and I mentioned something about um, writing. To be honest, I was probably talking about this article and I can't even remember why I brought it up. Um, but I, I was telling him, about wrestling and I, I write about it and all this stuff. And we had this really good conversation about the circus and freak shows. And like, he gave me recommendations about this author who writes about um, freak shows. And it, it was just, I would never have expected this primatologist to <laughs> like have just this random like encyclopedic knowledge of the lineage of pro wrestling. <laughs> Wow. Um, what about you, Laura? It's it's funny you bring this up because I have my work. No, like there's one coworker yeah. of mine who's a friend. Like he knows, but that's it. Like in regards to outside, like maybe a few people that I can trust. No, but like I was in New York City for Thanksgiving weekend, and. My one family friend was like, "Oh, I hear you have a podcast now," and I'm like, "And I'm like, and like, first of all, I love you, mom, but please don't ever say this again." Because um, my family was like, "Oh, what kind of wrestling do you cover?" And I was like, "The fake kind in the back of the car." <laughs> I'm like, no, and I'm like, I'm like, I'll talk to you later. And I tell her like, 
I don't really talk about it with my family and such because my mom will think I'll be like a fucking psycho or some shit. And it's like, I told her I could never have family or family friends come to shows with me because if they got hurt, I would right. never, I would never ever live it down. Like I've told, I've told my family friend, like I've gotten hurt at these shows before. Like she's like, whenever oh, I, whenever I um, invite people or whenever people say they want to go to shows with me, one they usually flake, but I always tell them that I tell them very seriously you better be ready to run because I'm not looking after you. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny. I completely forgot until you're talking about how you don't mention it to anyone. I tell everyone I love Deathmatch. It used to be on my Tinder profile because I was like, if I meet anyone, because I've I've always, this is such a a tangent, but I, I always have the issue of like meeting people who like wrestling or will tolerate wrestling but who aren't total nerds about it um, <laughs> i say as a total nerd because like i'll put wrestling and people will like have these weird um hulk hogan quotes yeah, in my, my messages and all this stuff <laughs> or like they'll talk about like i don't know booker t or something from like 2005 and i'm like that's, that's great but <laughs> but you don't have anything for me um so I like to put it out there. Um, has anyone oh, has anyone used it as a pickup line on you? Yeah, used like the deathmatch yeah, part as a pickup it. line. Yeah. No, because they're all nerds. Uh, no, just kidding. I've I've talked to a couple people who know about deathmatch wrestling, but like people don't expect it. Um, even though like one of my pictures literally has my fightful article about deathmatch in it. Um, that's wonderful. But like. They're not good wrestling fans. So I always get frustrated. So I took that. Well, you know what the cool <laughs> thing that we have in our favor is like Hulk Hogan and Booker T and John Cena. Like that shit's not cool. Like this is really <laughs> cool. Like even to someone that's not a wrestling fan, you show them this, they're like, oh my Who are God. those so guys? Cool. Here's the cool I, dudes. Do you know cool. how many like dates I've like sent pictures of wrestling shows to? Or like I've like sent deathmatch pictures I've taken or like they'll text me and I'm like, Sorry, I'm at a deathmatch show or I'm at a wrestling show right now. <laughs> you just got to bring them to this because it doesn't yeah. translate well to TV. I don't think no, it does. It doesn't. Like, I don't think deathmatch is good on streams. Like, I feel like you got to be there. Eh, sometimes. I, I agree. Yes. I, yes. I, I prefer, I, I watch more wrestling live than I do on stream um, yeah. or on video, yeah. which like is kind of a bad habit. But like to me, the, the excitement and all that comes with the atmosphere that's a live experience that I can't get um when I watch I get very distracted um so yeah so it has to be something I really really want to see otherwise you know it'll take me five hours to watch it, 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 yeah it's a, it's a hike part of the fun of it is and I, I know that this sounds sick but like part of the fun of it is that you, you get hurt badly yeah. and you I so it's not even for me, at least for me, not to hurt badly. Um, and I sound like a total psychopath when I say it, but know that I mean this very genuinely. One of my thrills in life, I love a glass shower. Like <sighs> I need to be in the front row and I need to get pinged by little bits of glass. Like I agree. I agree. I, um, I know. I know. Exactly. I'll, 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 Lauren knows. I wear shorts to these. Dude, this man. 
This man, during Toru and Rina versus Los Macizos at COS, he's just wearing shorts, and then a straight two just busts his knee open. And, like, we're all saying, like, oh, he's like, ow. I'm filming it, and I just hear an ow next to me. And then, and then we're all just scrambling to get an athletic tape. And then um, Kaya McKenna comes by later, and she's like, which one of you got hurt? And I'm like, I point at him. And she opens up and was like, Yeah, I uh, didn't move. I just I just no. looked down. The aftermath was hilarious. It was just it just turned into this little cut. We freaked out over the so littlest weird. cut. I know. This is so <laughs> off topic. I'm so sorry. Um, but um, like it was the smallest cut when it, we washed it off, but it was leaking. Mm. Like I don't so like I, I I always I always tell people that when they're like Oh, how can you watch someone bleed like that? It's like it was probably like a small cut, and, and yeah, it, it, was it goes crazy. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it, but it was just hilarious. The aftermath it was just like that's what we got <laughs> really ups- all uptight about this little. So, cut. have you done ringside sh- uh, photography too? Um, not for deathmatch. Um, I've done some ringside photography. Um. I did photos at um, I've done photos at some no ring shows, but like mm-hmm. not anything like super super like I don't know danger zone. You got to do that because it's a whole nother like aspect of this. I'm telling bet. you, like it's, it's fucking crazy. He, yeah, he's, I, he's I did the that. Master at it. I've done, I, I can I only imagine. No piece underground. Like the WrestleMania that, weekend little, show. That, you know, you know, it's like little like enclosed space that show that show is the weirdest setup of all time but the coolest ever yeah just like there's the guardrail the guardrail and the actual no rig and then there's you in the corner in shorts with your phone (laughs) i know it's a short and uh, and then there's the couch the couch that there's the couch yeah the couch that Um, pondo brought his vips on he had to be, uh, yeah. It was a, I liked the look of that show. It was so cool, but it was so. I weird thought that to me. was really cool. I will say the one thing about the um, deathmatch shows that I have been able to shoot, and I, I don't really, I don't count those as ringside um, because they were still like, I don't know. It kind of goes off and on. It's the worst lighting in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because um, like I, one was. Wow, I guess they were both AWR. Um, one was in Michigan um, when I think that was when Randy won the title. Oh, um, okay. And um, and then for gosh, one of the more recent AWR shows. But the lighting is always so, was it the so tournament? Bad. Was it the tournament? No, it wasn't the tournament. Um, Terrible lighting. I have video clips from the AWR shows, and I can't like see anything. The Emerson, I love. I love the Emerson, but it just uh, looks. It's it's something to see with your eyes. Um, that so anyone who gets good photos in there, I think that they deserve a lot more credit than they're probably getting because it's the worst yeah. lighting I've ever seen. <laughs> good lord. So you want to write like mostly about that match that's this is the dilemma i have too where i just like don't care like i like it i respect the other forms but like i just don't care like i just want to write about death match you know yeah because i i think part of it is like i was saying before it's where all the really compelling stuff is happening um i, I i've said this before on social media and 
I will be frank once again. I think that the American Indies are pretty boring right now um, and they don't inspire me to write. Um, there's something, but like overall, I haven't been very happy. There are a lot of very talented people, um, but nothing that really gets me like saying, oh, this is something that people need to hear. Um, whereas with Deathmatch, one, it's been neglected for so long that I feel like there's a catching up to do um, just because there has been that gap. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that it's kind of about the presentation of it. Um, whereas like the angle, the story you want to cover um, because there are times when I'll just talk to people um, about like how much I love Deathmatch and why, and they understand it. They just need to kind of see these parallels and like see the people, um, they just need to see underneath all of like the scary stuff. Um, yeah. And I, I think that there's some really interesting stuff um, still to go. Um, things that I kind of touched on in this article. Um, but there's just so much potential. And I think there are so many things that I see that are just so inspiring when I look at that I see and I'm just like, I, I want to know about this person or this needs to be part of this story. Um, yeah, there's so many stories. To tell. There I, is. I totally, there is. I totally agree with that. Like, um, there's like, there's so many weird parallels. And there's so many like interesting stories about how these people got there and, and, and right. like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's way more interesting to write about, I think. And I've been um, exactly wh where you have been uh, like writing about normal, normal quote unquote wrestling and then kind of like just abandoning that completely. Um, but I will like, I, I love what you said and I'll take it a step further. I think that um, American indie wrestling is uh, deathmatch. Deathmatch wrestling. I think the, it's the draw. It's the draw. It's the draw. That's where everybody the good wants stuff to is. Look at IWTV. Exciting stuff. IWTV's their biggest draws are deathmatch wrestling. Hundred percent. Like there's no denying that. So you know, um, you people out there can make fun of it all you want, but so I want to get into the, there. There's a part of this article. I'm just going to read this because I love this this little mm -hmm. segment right here. For all the criticisms lobbied against it by traditionalists, deathmatch wrestling is complex and multifaceted. There is an art in the unpredictable elements of weapons and stipulations created to cause intense pain, but not disable or dismember. In the visceral storytelling that transforms pain into inspiration, it is the line between our heroes and villains, and in the light that emphasizes endurance, passion, and quick thinking in the face of opportunity. I love that little bit right there. Thank you. That that just encapsulates deathmatch wrestling in a nutshell. I, I wish you. there was more. I'm going to use I, that quote. I, I, I <laughs> wish there was more logical ways to explain deathmatch wrestling, but that right there, it's almost too perfect. Thank you. Because like, I, I, and I just, I think that's why deathmatch is so great. Like if you want to get so simple with it it's to me the most human story that you can tell like it's about that grayness that is being a person it's literally life or death at any moment and yeah. i just think that 
if you look at it as something to play up for the concept, or if you look at it as <clears throat> the very real situation that it is, it's so powerful. And I always go back to um, one of my first um, really like really good stories. Um, and first time that I really put my writing out there, um, I had an interview with Oren Vite. Oh yeah, um, I remember this. Oh, did you read that? I did. Oh, thank you. And I, I still really, really like that story um, because I just, um, it was after that King of the Death match and I still get really emotional thinking about it because I just thought that his story arc was so perfect. But I remember talking to him and he was talking to me about why people are drawn to deathmatch wrestling um, and particularly why wrestlers are. Um, and he talked about how so many deathmatch wrestlers have come from, you know, broken pasts, that they've struggled with things like addiction. They have loss in their, in their lives. They have, you know, fractured relationships. They're not close to their family. Just all these very, again, relatable, deep human emotions. And so that always comes to mind when I think about life or death, that when you love your art so much that you live for it and you're willing to die for it because it is life. Like there, it's for a lot of people, um, or at least as I say the people I've spoken to, it's when they feel alive. And if you think about yeah. that story of just being a person who has so much, I guess, either loss or turmoil. And this could be for the fans too, because I think fans are drawn to it because they see these things as well. Um, and again, not all, because there's some people who just like blood. <laughs> but I, I think it resonates for a reason. And that connection, I think is so much deeper than anything else. Because I could say yeah. wrestling, but just like, I, I think that's just a really strong tie. Yeah. Well, definitely. They're like also people that aren't the necessarily like look like the steroid people mm -hmm. of WWE or AW. You kind of can relate to them a little bit more. They're not like runway models um, on NXT. Yeah. Some of the um, nicest and... people are in deathmatch wrestling. I don't know 100%. if I kept that part. I don't think that part made it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I need to read my article. Yeah. Um, cause Casey talked about that, um, in our interview about, um, you know, what women see when they watch Deathmatch, because she talked about how a lot of women reach out to her and she gets a lot of people who want to start Deathmatch. Um, and she talks about how they can go to a Deathmatch show and they can see themselves and, they can see someone who isn't, you know, a statuesque model, um, you know, and she talks about herself too. Um, so like, she'll mention things like, oh, I got this gear because I don't like my legs or, you know, what have you, but she's five, three. 
Um, but like when you go to a deathmatch show, no matter who you are at this point, you see someone who, or you can see someone who looks like you or looks like something that is familiar to you that I think can also, you know, that inspires people a bit. And I can see why people would be more drawn to that than WWE when, yeah. you know. 100%. I, I love the, the alive, the feeling alive. Quote yeah, that that's, that's such a great that's a, that's a Tremont quote. Um, mm. uh, he, he said after he fought Brandon Kirk, and he said, um, you know, like I, I go through life and I don't feel alive. Um, and this is the one time that I feel alive. So thank you for, you know, helping me feel that. And it was like, that's so good. Bah. Like when I heard that, I was Fremont like, oh, is um, a master, like storyteller, master. My favorite from, wrestler by far. Um, so I got to ask this. What is one death match you're showing either your friend or your family member? What, what is one match you have to show someone? If you want to get them into death match wrestling, it's a good question. You know, I think I would go back to King just because that's the one that really, and that was my first, um, it wasn't really my first death match show, but um, it's always going to be, I'll say, Oren versus Eric Ryan because I feel so bad because the one that I actually feel the most emotional about is, um, (laughs) this is so bad. It's the, it's the three-way match with Oren, John Wayne Murdoch. Is, is it Otis in that? Is Otis? I, to me, I'm not sure. See, thank you. Cause that to me was, I, I like I can literally remember the point where I was watching and I was like, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest art form, all this stuff. But I always forget the third person. What is he? Big guy bald? Uh, well, I, I know who Otis. Otis is. I just literally cannot remember. Because all the I think I think it was Otis now that I, that you mentioned it. Okay. King of the Deathmatch 21. Yeah, it was, I think it was 21. And to be honest, I never say the year because my memory is really bad. Um, so yeah. I, I I can't remember <laughs> if it's 2020 20 or 21, but pretty sure it's 21. So right. You're going with the, the main event for the House of Horrors I'm, match, Eric. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that um just because I think that the storytelling in that was so so good if you run it from the very very beginning like i'm saying like entrances to i don't know they they showed the end right when ian comes out i, I, I don't know I, if that made the stream i don't know i either. never watch any of the okay i'm darn i, I watch i don't remember <laughs> that I, I i knew someone who was there i never watched me. the stream um yeah so mm. They should have kept that because that was really oh that was such a good moment why they cut that <sighs> now he's gone yeah it would have uh, been nice to see Lauren what would you pick to show someone I mentioned this when I was on Busted Open Radio and I'm going to mention it on my own podcast name drop Drew Parker versus Alex Cologne from G City Homecoming last. The, like it's not just a death match where it's like, oh, these are just two athletes. 
this is how you do this is showing how deathmatch has no borders mm. no matter where you're from whether you're from japan whether you're from america whether you're from anywhere in the world this is how you do a deathmatch at the highest caliber I mean, literally, like, Alex is one of the few guys who understands how to do a deathmatch of the Japanese format in America, and Drew just made him look, like, ten times better using Japanese stiffs. And the story, title versus title, the high, like, forget about Gage Cardona for a hot second. That's everyone's favorite match because... Oh, Matt Cardona, the TV star. It cannot star. be their actual favorite match. But like, it's Cologne, so good though. It, no, <laughs> it's, don't get me wrong. Gage Cardona was great because Cardona, it's he put on the glass slipper. And, yeah, but if you were there, you're so biased. So I get what you're saying. Like, I, I it probably wasn't that good on TV, but like, it, it was good on TV. It's, it was good on TV. It's just to me, I was like Cologne Drew, Cologne Drew. These are two of the best at their peak. And, That's I mean, a good pick. It's just, they sell well. They they just did everything right. I texted Alex the next morning. I'm like, I almost cried at the end of the match because I was like, I'm so proud of how both of you did. And Alex was like, yeah, that Drew kid's pretty fucking good. He's pretty yeah. fucking good. What's yours, Mike? I would go with the best <laughs> match I've ever seen live. Cologne, Kogar. Um, oh, I was there too. West so good. Finals. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I've showed that to several people who weren't into Deathmatch. Um, I did too. Were... If I was going to go shock factor, though, like to really scare someone, like I'd probably go Schlack, Drake Younger. That like happened two weeks ago. That was fucking disgusting. It was like absolutely. I, I, it was one of those times where you could smell the iron in the air. Um, what? Which is just, it, yeah. You could, I could smell well, iron. Were they doing anything like any cool uh, spots they, or just bleeding water? Yeah, it was a 200 light tube prison um, and they had like massive pain. So they were just going through like they were killing themselves. Like, um, so it was it was unbelievable. Um, like the, that yeah, sounds... when, when, when you smell it, it's a whole nother thing. You know, <laughs> I think people, I don't know if people think I'm joking, but like, Schlack is my favorite deathmatch wrestler. Really? Like, <laughs> I, he, he's just, to me, like, the ultimate wrestler. Like, I just. One of my all-time favorites, and I just am going to say, because I just love this dude, and Mike knows who exactly I'm talking about. I was a big fan of brain damage. I love the look. I love the persona. Like, to me, he's the final boss, if there was ever a final boss. Like, watch Mickey Knuckles versus Brain Damage from when she was in King of the Death. One of the coolest matches ever. I actually don't think I've seen a Brain Damage match. There's so many. Oh, my God. You got so good. Brain Damage versus Necro. Brain Damage versus Necro was really good. They did Brain Damage. I think it was Brain Damage, Toby Klein, Necro, a tournament of death. One of the most dumbest matches I've ever seen, but I loved it. Yeah, I have like a blind spot. It's just, it's just so. For what? Crazy. What do you have a blind spot for? I, I, f- I feel you know what I'm talking about when I say the Vice documentary about CZW. Yeah, that traumatized yeah. me so much 
that like <laughs> that era I have never seen because like it's <laughs> those like, TODs were barbaric. Most that's of the people why I didn't dead. watch Deathmatch for so long. I, I that's so wild that you said that because I had the same exact experience. I loved it as a kid. Um, and then I, I saw a couple things when I kind of got a little bit older, like 10, 11, 12. And I was like, this is so disturbing. I can't watch this anymore. And I was so yeah. turned off. For like years. TODs, that era, they try to raise the bar. But like, I, like, that makes sense to you now. But I've just had that association that like, I'm terrified. And maybe I will out of curiosity now, because I wonder if like, having seen things and like, being more You'd familiar be with, with it. Now. If it'll, yeah. yeah, but I just remember, like, I, I, I just, yeah, traumatized. The, so, the crazy part about it is most of those guys <laughs> who were in that era aren't here anymore. And that just, I think, shows how hard they went. Um, yeah, that whole era is nuts. And like, I both think, Cage of Death and Turn of Death were just ridiculous. And that's 99 cents to sign up right now for CZW Studios, and that has all the stuff if you're interested oh. in, in checking that oh, out. And I would, yeah, I would suggest definitely to anybody listening to go back and maybe stuff as a kid was too much, or um, just go back and, and see if you if you like it now. There's some there's some hidden hidden gems in there too. Um, and there's I gotta a lot of legends you, that I haven't seen. Hundred percent. So I, I just I just um, love brain damage so much. Like the dude was just such a badass. I miss him. You probably like, yeah, you probably like brain damage. Uh, and a lot of uh, the error that you're missing, um, a lot of Mickey, Mickey's uh, yeah. start. Um, a lot of brutal stuff, but what's your favorite weapon? Oh my gosh, my favorite weapon. Now, I feel like this is more aesthetic when I say this is going to be a pane of glass. Like, I, we, I can't remember if we talked about this before we started or if it was while we were recording about, uh. yeah, how much of a weird I am for glass. Like, I just love shattered glass. I think it always looks so cool in a match. It's always such like a, like a defining moment or it should be if you do it right. Um, that I, I always think that those are great and they can be some really cool spots with it I always I still think that it's very um under appreciated uh mm-hmm. at one of the RPW shows Josh Crane and Satu Jin where Josh Crane just like forearms this pane of glass there's just so many things you can do that are so like simple, but look amazing and just bring you into it and just really feel like big changing moments in a match. Um, someone's gonna do that and I'm 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 easy. I've seen some terrifying sats glass pain glass spots. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're, they're very aesthetic though. Uh, Especially when you can zoom in on the the shot, if you get like a shot of it, you can zoom in on that. I got a I got a um, shot for you on Insane Eight this year. It was Satu and Remington Roar, mm-hmm. but this was like a glass card table though. It wasn't like a normal pane of glass. So it was thick. Oh. This was sick. This was disgusting. Uh, we're all I I'm like there. Really. I'm like who, who what what are we going to use this glass card table for? 
And Sasha's like, I'm gonna use it. Like, I'm like looking at him like, are you fucking nuts? Yeah, like he an untempered pane of glass. No. Like so <laughs> I'm amazed that I was that close to it, taking the clip I did, and I got like the littlest cut the size of like a little zit on my like <laughs> arm. And you can see me on the stream after you do it. I'm like brushing it off. And I didn't realize that I was bleeding from it, but it was so small that it was like minuscule. So yeah, it's a weird one. Um, pains are good though. Pains, pains are, are good. When you when you bring out a pain, it, you know it's business time. Yes, you know it's business, and it's like <sighs> Chekhov's gun. It's the Chekhov's yeah. gun of deathmatch because there are a lot of weapons that you see that like you know they're going to be used here and there whatever but the pane of glass it's like this is going to be a moment so i I think that's always get your phone out yeah exactly oh and i'm all i'm always that's why i like to sit at corners (laughs) oh you record uh i well i usually take Photos sometimes I'll record um, on my phone. I'll take anything you have. You know, I love that stuff. I have like a massive archive of stuff. <laughs> oh, I love that. And yeah. like this Trust is like me my... when I say it, I ha- I literally donated to that archive a lot. It's like terabytes of of stuff from yeah, it's nuts. Um, oh wow, that is amazing. Uh, I know. I want to archive like um, just as much as I can, um, just because. It's cool to have it for, you know, you never know who's not going to be here. That, it's cool yeah. to have their stuff. That is very uh, true. There was a great thing that Pondo said a few months back. He said, remember to take photos with your friends. Remember? And I he said, about that. And he was like, don't let the memory slip by. I, yeah. am, a, I am a victim of this a yeah. lot. So I'm being like, too at much a show. It's it's always hard for me to be like, hey, can I get a picture with you? Because it's like I don't want to bother people. Yeah, of course. Like it feels way. inorganic. Like so. Man, this has been I, such like... this has been such a fun conversation, Lee Tamaya. Like <laughs> the yeah, fact, like third host. That's <laughs> <laughs> shit, right? What you're 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 handing out the application on air, Mike? I will be here uh, anytime you guys want or anytime you guys have someone like drop out. But like seriously, this has been so much fun because like there are not many people that describe deathmatch wrestling the way you do. Like it's it, it's just it's an eloquent art. You make it sound like, like this eloquent art piece. And as you said, it's you such like, a breath of fresh air. It is really like it really oh is. God, we want deathmatch deserves want it. Glass. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, I want glass or over here. Like it's like <laughs> there, there are better ways to say these things, you know. And it's like it's like you're like the the manuscript, like you're like the scribe, the really nice yeah. one too. So it's, it's, uh, you know what the funny nice thing is, area. when I go to shows, there's always someone sitting next to me who's very nice, but always explains things to me in like really like simplistic terms. Or like doesn't understand when I'm making a joke and they think that I don't know. Uh, um, so I hope they read this and they think, oh, that was that little brown girl I sat next to. Um, I apologize for <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit of mansplaining death match. Um, so to kind of wrap things up though, mm. 
I want to get like your thoughts. Like what, what do you want your readers to get out of this article? Like what, what, what do you Ooh. hope that people get out of this article? That is a very good question because I want them, it's kind of like two, threefold because one, I want them to see that deathmatch is not the deathmatch of old arguments and stereotypes. That's why I start off the way I do because I know right off the bat, that's what someone's gonna say um and it's it's not the death match that all the old people make jokes about um i want people to know that there are human beings that are so interesting that you know will make you look at things in a different way and look at death match especially um because the way that people come to death match is just always so fun to hear and just to see who these people are, um, just as people with just journeys that take them, like Casey, I did musical theater and then it comes down. So I, I think that's a really important for people to see as, you know, deathmatch death match fans, non-deathmatch fans. Um, and I want them to see the arguments that death match is art. Because I know we say death match is art, but I, I want them by the end of it to see that death match has a place in cultural conversation, whether it's our, as in the wrestling circles conversation. Um, so elevating that, but also that it has a place in the history of, you know, theater, storytelling, mm -hmm. all of these concepts that people would immediately think it's a stretch or wouldn't think would have anything to do, that it's part of this great lineage and that there's so much more enriching insight and conversation and even perspective that we apply to these great people in the ring that you would not, you know, attribute to them. So I, I, I want people to come away thinking that they do not know Deathmatch the way they thought they did. Perfect. That is a fantastic place to cap this conversation. <laughs> and it, and it, first of all, an incredible conversation with the wonderful Tamaya Greenlee, who by the, I mean, not only is a writer, has like a photography, has literally made deathmatch sound like a freaking like college play but better the way the way you make it sound it is it is it is but it's just like <laughs> no one like there are very few people that describe deathmatch wrestling the way you do and as mike said earlier it's like a breath of fresh air it's like thank you it's like holy crap where has this been my entire life but um to end this episode though i always like to let my guests plug away like where can people find you? Where can people support you? Uh, this is the, the floor is yours, even though the floor has been yours for a while, but <laughs> the floor is yours once again. Uh, how can people find you? Yes, um, I am probably way too active on Twitter 
as Scholar and Elbow. Um, you can also find Scholar and Elbow on Facebook. That's my page. Um, Instagram to Maya Greenlee because I locked myself out of the Scholar and Elbow Instagram. Uh. <laughs> um, so those are the best places and where I will um, kind of preview articles that I have or if I'm doing uh, like when I when I finally revive my interview podcast, <laughs> um, just things like that, different uh, shows that I'm going to as a commentator or just because I like going to wrestling shows. Um, so yeah. Well, again, this has been so wonderful having you on. We've been talking about this for a while, but I'm glad this has finally happened. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, for myself. Mike, Tamaya, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Year Dust of Death podcast. Signing off. Thank, thank you again, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. This has been a Countout Podcast.